Oh gosh, happy Sunday. I'm so excited to be with all of you today. Those of you who know me know I love Sundays. I love coming to church week after week. I love that God has a word for you and for me. I love every week being able to serve alongside my husband and serve God by serving the youth here at Times Square uh, at uh, Alive Family Church. Um, And so before I get started, Bob talks about giving honor where honor is due. And so I don't want to even go any further without giving honor to our awesome pastors. Pastors Eric and Erica, they are totally devoted to the Lord. They love their family. They love us. So let's just give it up for our pastors. We miss them and love them, but know they're having a good time with the family down in Florida. So we are in our Kingdom Builder series. This is week three of the series. So the first week, Pastor Eric kicked us off, and he talked about the foundation of faith. He talked about Abraham and about how um, Abraham had faith to do what God was calling him to do and how to be a kingdom builder, we uh, need to have faith just like he had, right? When God calls us to do something that he will provide. And last week, week two, Pastor Erica talked about leaving Babylon. She spoke about how the Israelites left physical Babylon um, and how it wasn't easy to be a kingdom builder Uh, Sometimes we're called to do things that are out of our comfort zone, right? And she also talked about how the Israelites who didn't leave at God's prompting through the prophets, they actually had repercussions for generations um, down the line. And so if you haven't heard those messages, I encourage you to go back and take a listen. They are truly awesome. And so we're just giving um, flesh and and bones, in a sense, to the follow-up of this series um, from the Kingdom and Bus series that we did. So We're talking about kingdom builders. So I'm excited today to be sharing about the life of Peter. But before we're going to, we get started with that, we're going to do a little show and tell. All right. Who's up for some show and tell? All right. We're going to like kick it back to elementary school. I think is the last time that I did show and tell. I remember my mom drove me. I decided it would be a good idea to show and tell my hamster. So the poor little guy, put him in the little ball. My mom drove me to school and I was so excited. So we're kicking it back. And I just want to share about this ship here. Uh, I think we're going to put an image on the screen too. It just says all in on it, all in. So I received This um, chip, um, I was a young adult, I was living in New York City at the time and attending a church there, and we had services every Friday for the young adults, and so I was there every week, I loved it, and we had a guest speaker come in, and he preached a message, and to be quite honest, I don't remember exactly what the message was, I don't remember the title of it, I don't remember um, each topic that he spoke about, but that message changed my life, and it changed my walk with the Lord, changed my faith, there was a, a, a turning point in my faith. At that point, I remember he just spoke about being all in for the Lord. And I I responded. We had an altar call at the time, and I responded to the front. We're going to have a a chance to respond to what we're hearing today Um, also. And I responded to the front, and I just said, Lord, I want to be all in. I want everything you have for me. I want to go all in for you. And that was a defining moment in my life and in my faith. And my prayer today is that this today would be a defining moment in yours as well. Amen. So today, the title of our message is, you guessed it, it's all in. So to be a kingdom builder um, means to be all in for God. So before I get started, let's open up in prayer. Lord God, I just thank you so much for today. Father God, I thank you for this word that you've given each and every one of us here. Father, I just pray, Lord, that as I speak, God, that you would just speak right through me, Lord, as I open my mouth, God, that it would be words directly from your throne. Father God, we thank you for your word, and we pray that it would speak today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 
Well, I love reading about the life of Peter because when I read about him, guess what? I feel like I can be a Christian. So for those of you who know anything about the life of Peter, we see some of his failures listed in scripture, right? Um, But we see that despite all that, even him missing the mark, that God still used him in a mighty way. And so he helped even um, build up the early church back then, and he is even encouraging us Christians here today. And so we're going to go through a few points together today, but my first point is pretty simple. It's you are called even in your imperfections. You and I are called even in our imperfections. So for some of this, this may be easy to know and understand, right? We're like, okay, yeah, I know that. I know God wants to use me even though I'm not perfect. But for others, maybe this is a concept of truth that we struggle with or that's hard for us, right? Or maybe it depends on the day or season that we're in. Maybe if we're on like a mountaintop experience uh, season in our lives where we're reading our word every day and we're doing our devotionals and we're praying, we're like killing it. We're like, oh yeah, God will want to use me, right? But maybe in other times where we're struggling with something, maybe we've tried to, to get out of our lives and we just can't, we think maybe we're unworthy to be called and and used by God to build the kingdom, to be kingdom builders. But in a moment, we'll look into Peter's life and see that, hey, if he can be called, then so can we, amen? So can we. So a little bit of background on Peter. Um, Peter was a fisherman by trade before being called by Jesus to be a disciple. And so fishermen were kind of known in that time to be kind of rough and and rugged people and That probably explains some of the personality traits that we are going to talk about that we've seen in scripture from him. Times where Peter got angry, he questioned things, and even one time something he said, Jesus literally took him aside and rebuked him for it. And despite all that, Peter was the first disciple that Jesus called. So let's read together Matthew 4, 18 through 20. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers. Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once, they left their nets and followed him. So as I read this, I actually admire that about Peter, right? He left at once. This is one good takeaway that we can actually see early on in Peter's life, right? One of the better ones. And that should be our heart's desire. We should respond to God when he calls us, right, immediately, just like Peter did. The moment that we feel called, how can we build the kingdom, be kingdom builders if we don't obey? But that's a whole another message for a whole another day, so we're not parking the car there today. But in Luke, Luke's account of this, um, Peter actually said when he was called by Jesus, I can't come to you, I'm a sinful man. He knew who, who he was. He knew his personality traits, and he thought that it would disqualify him, but it didn't, right? Another thing I see as I read this is Jesus already knew who he was prior to calling him. Like, we don't find out about Peter until later, right, after he's, he's a disciple and we see some of his failures um, and mistakes, but Jesus already knew, and it didn't disqualify him. Jesus still wanted to use Peter and use you and I to build the kingdom of God, And so that is so exciting, such exciting news. And that's why I wanted to start here today. So we're all called, and our past mistakes, our unpleasant personality traits, right? Our failures don't discount us from being a kingdom builder who God wants to use. So we see Peter start uh, walking with Jesus. So Peter's called. He's, uh, you know, a disciple of Jesus. He's with the other disciples, and they're walking together, and he's growing in his faith, He's learning from Jesus. Like the miracles that we read about, Peter was actually seeing 
with his own eyes. He was seeing the miracles. He was seeing the healings. But all of that, and he was still making mistakes. He was still growing in his faith, but still making mistakes. His heart was to follow Jesus. Otherwise, why would he leave his whole life? Scripture tells us he was married. He left his wife. He left everything that he knew, but he was still struggling. And we see him fall a few times. And so I'm going to talk about just a couple of um, specific examples that we see. And I could just say today, like, oh, you know, Peter made some mistakes, so you can make mistakes, and it's, you know, God will still use you. But isn't there something different when we read specific things? Or it's kind of like, I was thinking about it, if we're having lunch with a friend or with a brother or a sister here at Alive, and, you know, we say, um, you know, they're like, oh, I'm struggling. That's one thing. And it's a whole other thing when they're, like, giving specific things of maybe something that, that they're going through, we can relate to them more, Right which is why I think um, maybe we have some of these uh, specific details in Scripture as encouragement. So let's look at a couple things that Peter was doing. So Peter rebukes Jesus. Probably not the best idea to rebuke the literal Messiah, but Peter was really passionate and probably one could say even a bit prideful, right? And um, I'm going to read a little bit from uh, Mark 8. Uh, You don't have to turn there. Jesus was with his disciples And he asked them, in essence, who do you say that I am? Right? He has said, I know what other people are saying, but who do you say? And side note, this is just a freebie you can put in your pocket for later. We're all going to be asked that question. We all have to answer that question one day. Who do you say that I am? Amen? So he's talking to the disciples, and he's saying, you know, who do you say that I am? And Peter is the one that verbally said, Lord, you're the Messiah. Right? And then Jesus tries to kind of prep him. Mark 8, 31 says, I'll I'll paraphrase, you know, that the Son of Man must suffer many things, that he was going to be killed, right? And on the third day, he would rise again. And guess what? Peter didn't like that. So Peter decides to take Jesus aside, right? And begins to rebuke Jesus. You ever think like, oh no, why did I say that? You think about something you said after you walk away and you're like, oh my gosh, it would have been better if I never said that. You think about it like afterward or like when you're going to sleep, if you're like me, you know. I bet you that must have been what Peter was thinking at that time. We see Peter get angry. So before Jesus was going to be killed, right, um, the leading priests, the Pharisees and the guards came to get him and he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. And everyone knows uh, Jesus is peaceful and he's loving and he's kind. And if anyone were to know that, it would be his disciples. So Peter would definitely for sure know what type of person Jesus was. But he decides, these guys come up. He whips out his sword and cuts off someone's ear, the high priest servant's ear, and gets mad. And the irony about this is that Peter just told Jesus that he was the Messiah. And Jesus just told him by what way the Messiah would die, right? Is that like us sometimes though? He still flipped out. Do we ever like jump to conclusions or, you know, acted too quickly in a situation? Have we ever done that or jumped without knowing all of the facts? And probably the most notable mistake that many of us are are most likely familiar with is Peter denies Jesus. So let's kind of look, I'll paraphrase some. um, So it starts at Matthew 26. So Jesus is telling him, hey, this very night, you will fall away in economy, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. So he's basically saying, it is written already, it was already prophesied, they already knew that, hey, tonight on this night, I, your shepherd, Jesus, he's saying, 
when um, I'm, sh- you know, striked, when, I, when, he's, uh, when they come to get him, that all the disciples will be scattered. And let's read together, um, starting at verse 33 of Matthew 26. Peter replied, even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. Truly, I tell you, Jesus answered, this very night before the rooster crows, you will disown or deny me three times. But Peter declared, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the other disciples said the same. So Peter ends up, or Jesus ends up getting arrested, and scripture tells us that Peter followed at a distance. He, didn't, he was scared to be with Jesus. He didn't want to be um, known to be with Jesus. And then it happened three separate times. People asked him, hey, you're, you're one of his disciples, and three separate times he denies it. Immediately a rooster crows. Let's pick it back up at verse 75. Then Peter remembered the word that Jesus had spoken. Before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. So Peter blew it big time. Peter blew it big time. And he knew it. And his heart was grieved. And side note, that's the heart that I think that God is looking for us to have when we mess up. It's just, Lord, sorry. You know, he's grieved. And we might read some of these scriptures and think, wow, Peter was a mess up. Peter really messed up, right? But if I think about all the times and the mistakes that I've made it far outweighs what we've read here today. We're all sinners. We all fall short of God's glory. That's the whole reason why Jesus came. Amen? So how do I know after all this that Jesus still wants to use Peter? How do I know that? In John 21, we see probably is what my my favorite interaction between the two. We see Jesus, the resurrected Jesus. He came back. Peter's out fishing with some people. He's in a boat. Surprise, right? And Jesus is on the shore, and he calls them in, and he gives them a ton of fish when they come back in. And he is on the shore, and he has breakfast ready, right? And he basically says to Peter, Peter, feed my, my flock, feed my church. He's, he's referring to the church, right? He's essentially saying, hey, you do this. I'm entrusting you with this. And isn't that so sweet of Jesus, too? Don't you just love Jesus? I love that interaction, too, that even after Peter disowned him, this is the first major interaction they have after he comes back resurrected, and it's all in love. And he even makes them breakfast, which is just so sweet, and I love breakfast, too. So that's just so nice. And another thing that's important to mention in this interaction before we move on is Jesus then tells Peter by what way he's going to die. He's like, look, you're going to be arrested, you're going to be taken away, and you're going to be killed for my namesake. And so Peter had a choice to make. He could have ran and said, hey, whoa, that cost is a little bit too high. It's a little bit too much. But Peter decides to go all in, and I'm so thankful for the choice he made. We're eating the fruit of it even today. And after we see that, we see a major shift in Peter. It reminds me of when I have my all-in chip, right? We see him after that go all in for the Lord and become a kingdom builder, And so let's see what Peter tells us to do. So it brings me to my second point. So to be a kingdom builder who's all in for the Lord, we need to have the mindset, but first others, but first others. So this is not meant in a healthy way. Don't say Kathleen said, no, take care of yourself, right? I'm so thankful to be a part of a church where our pastors preach health, right? Mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, We believe here in Sabbath rest, 
they've done different series and different sermons, and you're welcome to go back and, and listen to those. But this just means that we're esteeming others above ourselves. We're placing value on others. We're caring about the needs of others instead of just the needs of ourselves. And so Peter wrote two books in the Bible, First and Second Peter in the New Testament. And we could extract a lot from what he wrote, but I gathered two themes that we're going to talk about now, uh, today. Um, and it's worth noting, too, that his second book, he actually says in, in, in the second book that he wrote, that he knew the Spirit of the Lord had told him he was going to go home soon to be with the Lord. He was going to die soon. So this was kind of like his final plea and plead with the church at that time and with us today on how to live this thing out. He was encouraging them and, and gave him one last hoorah of what to do. So first, we see him encourage us as a church to esteem others. So this is only one scripture that we're going to read together. There's many relating to the same thing, but let's read this together. 1 Peter 3, 8 and 9. Finally, all of you should be of one mind. Sympathize with each other. Love each other as brothers and sisters. Be tenderhearted and keep a humble attitude. Don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. That is what God has called you to do, and he will grant you his blessing. He also commands us over and over to love one another. Let's read. 1 Peter 4, 7 and 8. The end of the world is coming soon. Therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other. For love covers a multitude of sins. Again, we could park the car here, but we got to keep going. So this is a major part of building the church to love and esteem others. Elsewhere in scripture, it says to think of others as better than ourselves. How can we grow without love, right? Without an honoring of one another. Selfishness and bitterness are bad seeds in the church. God says we're his very own possession. I don't know about you, but that makes me want to live for him the best I can wholeheartedly to be more like Christ. We've been called out of darkness into light, so we need to live like it. And he also exhorts us to serve one another. I love this. 1 Peter 4, 9 and 10. Cheerfully, notice it says cheerfully, share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. So we do this by using our gifts to serve one another. Pretty simple. The church can't grow if we hold on to our gifts. There are worshipers here. There are pastors here. There are kids leaders, youth leaders here. There are givers here. There are hosts here. The list goes on and on. But if we just sit and we come to the house of God every week, we come, come to a life every week and we get spiritually fat. What do I mean by that? I mean, we consume messages week after week after week. We're just consuming and there's no outpouring of what we're learning each and every week. The church won't grow. And in fact, it would eventually die off. We're being asked to share these gifts the Bible tells us that we're members of the same body. It relates it to a physical body. So in our bodies, we have hands and feet, and we have ears and eyes, and they all work together. Each part is so important in our body. It's the same thing spiritually. All of us play a different part in this body with our gifts, and we're called to use those to benefit the church and grow the kingdom. And us here at Alive, we're going to have an opportunity here in the coming weeks with the Welcome Home Building Campaign to use our gifts in a mighty way to be kingdom builders here at Alive. So while we're all commanded to give, some of us have the actual spiritual gift of giving, right? You can use your gifts in a mighty way while the rest of us play our part too. 
Some of us are, are carpenters. Building things are easy for you, right? I know what a hammer is. I know a few other things, but I probably wouldn't be of much use. But we could use your help to redo some of the new building. Some of you can serve and make food for those who are, are working on the building. The list goes on and on. But we can all do our part. And when we say, it's just saying, hey, instead of doing X, Y, and Z today, I'm going to go serve. I'm going to go think about someone else. That's what these scriptures that we just read, they look like lived out. That's all it looks like. We don't have time to read every scripture, but over and over again, Peter in his letters talks about forgiving offenses. So I'm going to go there today too. It's a quick little, quick little one. We can't grow the kingdom of God and be all in if we're not forgiving offenses in the church. Self, uh, bitterness and unforgiveness puts a damper on our church growth. And so are we turning the other cheek at offenses? And, and even, you know, with saying this, I understand sometimes, and it could be in the church or out of the church, right? Does it matter? Are we holding on to anything that God maybe wants us to get rid of? And I understand even in saying this, sometimes it's a process, right? But are we open to it? And are we asking God for his help in it? All we have to do is ask and the Holy Spirit helps us. So my final point in being an all-in kingdom builder is live out the H word. Live out the H word. Some of you are like, what curse word starts with the letter H? I'm talking about being holy, being holy, right? Bible tells us to be holy. It's like a word we're afraid to say in our society sometimes, nowadays. But being holy, all it means is being set apart. It's as simple as that. It just means being set apart. If you look biblically, set apart or set apart for sacred use, it just means when, as a culture, they say, go this way, what do we do? We go that way. Amen? We're set apart. Let's read together. Peter calls us to holy living, 1 Peter 1, 13 through 16. So prepare your minds for actions and exercise self-control. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. So you must live, in, uh, must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then. But now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. For the scriptures say, you must be holy because I am holy. We're told to be holy just like God is holy. It doesn't mean perfection. It means being set apart from the culture of this world. So instead of being selfish, we're called to be generous and serve others. Instead of going with the anything goes mentality that's prevalent in our culture today, it means saying, hey, we're, we're going to agree with God that what he calls sin is sin. What he says in his word is true. And Guys, I have to tell you, when even just kind of looking this over, this is verbatim what Pastor Erica talked about last week in the spirit of Babylon. And guess what? I didn't look at her notes and she didn't look at mine. And so that's one way we know that the spirit of God is speaking to us as a church here. It's being set apart from the culture. And again, if you haven't heard it, go back and listen to it. But we're, we're called to live set apart lives. We live our lives in a way that pleases God. Remember where we started today? We started talking about Peter. I started there for a reason, so no one can get mad at me, right? We talked about Peter. Peter made many mistakes, just like we make many mistakes, but it's a, it's a heart thing where we're like, Lord, we strive every day to live for you. That's what it says. It, it, being set apart means when the world says to live in fear, we live in faith. We live in peace. Amen? You know, even thinking about this, I was working in New York City um, some years ago, and I got a job at a luxury hair replacement company. It's super random, but God just blessed me there. 
And I mainly did managerial things there, um, but I did kind of like a service for our clients, and I would receive gratuities. And so it was kind of new. And um, one day someone comes up to me and hands me this piece of paper, and they say, you know, you have to record your tips for each month, and then those are submitted in and taken out of your second paycheck. And I was hurting at the time. I was single. I was, you know, new to New York City. And basically, the, my coworker told me, yeah, everyone just puts down like 20 or $25 for the month. And that was the average tip per hour. Most clients gave more that we received. I was like, $20 for the month? She was like, yeah, people just put that down. And so I had a choice to make, didn't I? And to be honest, I didn't make probably the best choice right away. I was a new Christian at the time, um, and it took some time, but eventually the Lord worked that in my heart of, hey, no, I'm going to put every last dollar down that I received as, a, as a, a tip and just trust God to take care of me, right? We're talking about holy living, being set apart, being an example. We don't know who's watching. God calls us to live in purity. Uh, that goes for married and unmarried people. What are we watching? What are we listening to, Right? means not lying, submitting to authority. To be all in, we must be holy. And when things get tough, we don't run and slink back and hide either. Peter talked about that too. Gold is purified by being heated up. So what they do is when they, when they receive gold, they heat it up and all the impurities rise to the top and it's skimmed away. So sometimes, guys, we're going to go through the fire and through the trial but to be all in kingdom builders, we need to tough it out. And you're gonna have a chance now to respond to what you've heard today in just a moment. I believe that the Lord is stirring hearts today. I believe that he's speaking to people today. I've been praying for you. The worship team is gonna come lead us through a song in a moment. And when that happens, you're welcome to sit or stand, but just don't think about what you're having for lunch yet, okay? Reverence this moment. Ask God how you should respond to what you've heard today. Right? I know times that God has spoken to me, sometimes my heart's been racing a million miles a minute. Maybe that's happened to you today as I've shared. Maybe something was spoken that you've already been feeling. Maybe something was mentioned that excited you or stirred you up. Meditate on those things. Think about those things. Tell God you want to be all in as you talk to him. Say, God, not my will, but your will be done. This is how we become kingdom builders who are all in for God. So that's for all of us to pray. Maybe you're here today and you've never made the decision to follow Jesus. It's a good idea. He loves you and he has a really good plan for your life. I was thinking, even as I was um, thinking about this response time, and a story came to mind that I wanted to share. We were living in New York City. We are living in the Bronx, my husband and I. And one night we were home and I began to hear what sounded like bombs. So I looked out of our window and sure enough, I, I see flashes of lights in the sky. And they're not like firecracker flashes they're like bomb flashes and I was like no way so it ended up being a power plant that had caught fire maybe some of you had heard about it in fact a lot of New York City and our lights began to flicker you know we didn't know that at the time we thought we were being bombed we kind of always lived with that in New York like just ready for anything because you're like you're in New York City just whatever you know but I remember my husband and I we took hands and we were praying in our living room together we were praying for protection but I was preparing my heart to go home to be with the Lord I thought that we were being bombed and and I remember in that moment, do you know what I thought? I thought my only thing that I was telling God was, Lord, I'm sorry I didn't spend more time with you. And it's not to scare anyone, but the story came to my heart. And I just, I want us to really reverence this moment, you know, not just skim past it. We've been doing a response time every week, which is awesome. But let's really reverence this moment. So I'm going to ask everyone to um, bow their heads and close their eyes. No 
looking around at this time, let's reference this moment. So if you've never given your life to Christ, this is your chance. So if you'd like to do that, if you could just raise your hand now. I'm not going to call you up with this prayer prayer together. Amen. Let's everyone repeat together. Heavenly Father, thank you for your son, Jesus. I receive him as my Lord and Savior. Jesus, come into my heart, change my life, and help me live an all-in life that is pleasing to you. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To further connect with us at Alive, visit us at alivefamily.church. And remember, people matter and Jesus is alive.